punch drunk. The punches weren't really necessary. Maybe they were super necessary. Welcome to episode 75 of the Punch Drunk Podcast, your favourite combat sport podcast hosted by two dudes who can't fight and know way less about fighting than they think they do. I'm your host, Lewis, and I'm joined, as always, by Adam. What's going on, brother? Always good to talk to you. (laughs) Hey, man. Good to see you. Uh, Two things before we talk about fighting. (laughs) How good are Nutella donuts? I had one earlier. I had one so long. And fuck me. Is, it might be the nicest thing on earth, the most indulgent, nice thing. Actually, Nutella. Actually, I used to think <laughs> they were like the most indulgent thing I'd ever seen, but I went to this donut shop yesterday. It's where I got this donut. And um, the Nutella one was like the most tame thing they had there. They had like the shit that they put on donuts. Mm. Yeah, they're just like brownies mm. with fucking Mars bar with chocolate with sprinkles. It's just like. That, surely you're just going to vomit or have diarrhea after just, eating that. Yeah. <laughs> just pure diabetes in in, in, in a donut-based base <laughs> serving. If you're a grown a- adult buying a donut with that much shit on it, like you need to sort your life out. <laughs> you need to reevaluate your choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nutella, Nutella is just good generally, though. It's yeah. a, it, is a, it is a top-tier treat i've somehow advertised and packaged as potentially a breakfast food when it's probably <laughs> the least healthy way you can start your day yeah just well, sugar and farm oil for a solid 10 minutes and then it's probably downhill good 10 minutes and then you crash you you hit the wall hard white bread and nutella what a nutritious way to start the day <laughs> yeah, that's why i just smoke a durry every for breakfast every day <laughs> <laughs> and there was one other thing and i've forgotten what it was <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, nice, good. I watch the great fights. podcasting. <laughs> good podcasting, <laughs> mate. What a card! Kansas City delivered. As always, these fight nights in front of fans—they're giving a little bit extra. We had finishes, we had retirements, we had controversy, we had dog shit judging once again, and we had top tier performances by some very, very, very impressive fighters, and. I think the obvious place to start is the main event, and then we can pull out some of the other fights to have a chat about. But there are questions coming into this. You know, what would Max look like after the one-sided beating, the 50-45? He took off Alexander Volkanovsky, and, well, he answered those questions, and he looks he looked fantastic. Arnold Allen looked great as well, yeah. by the way. And I, I thought we were going to see a more grapple-heavy approach, but Arnold Allen... Sh- chose to stand and go toe-to-toe with Max Holloway. He ultimately came up short. His winning streak in the UFC of 10 wins comes to an end. But he has nothing to be ashamed of off the back of that performance. And you could see in every little bit of work that he did why people are so high on him and why people do think that in the future he has the chance to become champion once the likes of Max and Volkanovski, who are quite a few years older than him, move away. Arnold Allen is only 29 years old. But Max, Max looks superb. His counter-striking was was on point. His blitzes were on point. But his chin, holy shit, man. We talk about some chins in the UFC. Max, pound for pound, has to have the best chin. He's still not being knocked down ever. And Allen landed some absolute bombs on him. Yeah, you're right. Even even Bisping was talking like during the fight, you know, like uh, at some point your chin's going to go, he, like brought up Chuck Liddell. And it was like he yeah. was like calling for Max's chin to fail him at some point during the fight. <laughs> he, was, he, he, he was like rooting for his, his fellow Brit, Arnold Allen. He was just co- hoping for the ultimate commentator's curse that Max was just about to get flatlined by one of those bombs that Allen was throwing. But yeah, he, he you know, the chin will be there until it's not. And the, the way Max fights... He's he's been reliant on that, and you know that's one of his attributes. There's no there's no shame in that. That's not a slight at all. 
but eventually the chin goes and one day Max is going to be fighting one of these fights and he's just going to get folded like an ironing board. But until then, he still remains one of the very best fighters on the planet, certainly the second best fighter at 145 pounds. And I wonder if we see a move to 155 in his future. What do you think? Yeah, potentially. I thought he looked really good though. I thought I thought a couple of things. One, he... he- he learned a few lessons from fighting Volk three times, which is what any good fighter does when they lose. And he kind of fought a bit of a Volk fight with uh, at least an early Volk fight. I guess we've seen him be fairly dominant um, since fighting Max, but um, the Islam fight doesn't like that's a different story, obviously. But, you know, Volk won a couple of decision fights against Max that people thought maybe Max might have won those fights, but Volk mm-hmm, mm-hmm. did what he did. He got the points, just sort of tapped tapped at him, tapped at the legs, tapped at the face, and it was kind of like Holloway did a similar thing just in, in, a, in a Holloway style um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tweak, I guess. And, yeah, he, he does eat a lot of sh- shots, I guess, but he, do- he doesn't eat shots for for no advantage to him. Every time he eats one, it's, he's giving two or three, four, five, yeah, sometimes yeah, that's seven so fights. True. Like, straight, like straight away he's, he's – He's countering, and he will rarely um, just you know eat one to eat one like we have like we saw back in the day like a few fighters like Chuck <laughs> Liddell did do you know just stand there because I don't want to fucking move. <laughs> What's the point of having footwork? I'll just eat you up. Whereas matches, if there's such a thing, they're probably like strategic shots to the face. Yeah, well, exactly. He, he eats them, and then he know he basically knows that you've landed a big bomb, and there's going to be openings, and he's he's not shy about firing those counters straight back towards you. He looked very, he looked very good. But yeah, Arnold Arnold hit him with some big shots. It was totally, totally metal as well. It, it, between the fourth and fifth rounds, their strategy that they called for World War Three, and, and 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 Alan came out and just put it all on there, and and, and really, really tried his best to get uh, Max Holloway out of there, knowing that he was down on the judges' scorecards. But yeah, close, pretty close fight. I think it was a clear decision for 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 Holloway, and he showed that he is truly one of the best at 145 pounds still. And we could see him get the belt back. I don't think he ever beats Volkanovski. That's plain as plain as day. But it would not surprise us at all, considering we've got the Islam rematch there in the background that Volkanovski defends, unifies against Yai Rodriguez coming up in, was it July? And then ultimately makes a permanent move to 155 pounds because he looks great at that weight and he will just get more and more comfortable. We've said it before, this big money fight. He's kind of done with with featherweight. Yai Rodriguez is one of the last sort of pieces of the puzzle. If Arnold Allen had won this fight, you would have said, well, actually, don't be going anywhere because Allen, you know, is, it has got a legitimate claim to, to a title shot against Volkanovski now. Unfortunately for him, that's the case. He goes away, regroups, and, and we'll see what, what's next for him. I'm sure he'll come back uh, better than ever from, from the experience of being in there with one of the best. But if Volk vacates, the UFC is going to give Holloway a, a vacant title fight. I can totally see them doing something to the effect of Holloway versus um, uh, Aliyah Toporia for the vacant 145 pound, assuming Toporia comes through his fight with Josh Emmett, which I think most people expect him to, I- entirely possible. So, do you I guess think two questions. Would win that fight? And do you think Holloway would beat Ooh. Rodriguez? I mean, Holloway ju- fairly recently beat Rodriguez, right? So, um, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't think we need to see that one again. <laughs> you don't think Rodriguez looked way better in his last fight, though? Oh, he did. He did. He looked scary. Um, he, looked, he, he looked. He's got yeah, me worried. But I think, actually, <laughs> he's no, no. I think. I, I think. I think Emmett is a far like more one-dimensional fighter than than either Holloway or Volkanovski with their footwork and their counter punching and stuff like that. Emmett's very much a stand and bang. Let me plant my feet and throw power shots and see if they they land. So I think that's a, an entirely different proposition. So two questions for you. One, do you think that? Volk moves up to 155 permanently, or or should he? And two, can you see Max taking the belt again at 145 pounds? Yeah, I think if Volk wins, he definitely should go up. Um, yep. It, we saw how he went against Islam, so if he can do that with Islam, he can mix it with anyone. Uh, I think that would be a no-brainer, especially if he cares about legacy and all that shit, which he clearly does, and he's just like mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. motivated, I think, for sure. Uh 
the Max thing, I hadn't really thought about him having a title, but since you just spoke about it, it just seems so obvious that he probably will just fight for the belt, uh, especially if Falk goes up. Um, and, yeah, he, he might well still just be the best featherweight in, in the yeah. UFC other than Falk. So <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll soon find out. But, yeah, I don't know if he could beat Rodriguez. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> In fairness to Yair, he did have some. Mo- he certainly had moments in that fight. Certainly, had you know why fight, I'm Max- scared of Rodriguez? It's fucking yeah. Jorge Masvidal, George Masvidal, who however he likes to be called. Uh, I've seen like so many clips of him talking. I think it was on Rogan. I'm pretty sure on a podcast about Rodriguez, and he's talking about that. Like he does these training camps in some like Aztec. Um, I think it was Aztec, some sort of mine. Aztec, like 10,000 year old building that's like on the top of a mountain and all this shit. And like, they just like his last three training camps have just been there and he's like been insane since then. I'm like, Masvidal has not only sold me to bet on him against Burns, he's now sold me. I'm like, (laughs) that Volk's gonna lose (laughs) just from fucking like three minutes of footage. Mate, yeah, Um, Masvidal is a great salesman. He could sell, he could sell a sand to the Arabs. He's unbelievable. But. Well, it's... he could sell tampons to me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it says more about that says more about you than it does about Masvidal. I think you were strange, <laughs> bit, bit, of, bit of a weirdo. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. So I'm now terrified about Volk losing, but um, yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't, as long as he doesn't take Volk. him lightly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time he mentioned Volk on this show, we just descend into an hour of just. Just fan, fangirling over his greatness. We mentioned Izzy stress. versus Pereira, uh, their second fight, like every pod for about three months, I reckon. <laughs> and now this speaking of speak, Speaking of, let's let's use that opportunity. Did you see that uh, there's two, two, two bits of news information that we can sort of tie in, tie in here? One, completely unrelated to the main content of the podcast, but uh, Pereira has moved, is officially moving up to 205. Yep. He announced his next fight will be at 205, sort of as suspected. So if we see a MMA trilogy between the two of them, it will be when Israel eventually moves up to light heavyweight once he's finished clearing out middleweight for the third time. But secondly, Max Holloway said his next fight, he would be interested in fighting Korean, Korean zombie. Bit of a legacy fight, maybe a retirement fight for zombie, either in Korea. But he also, breaking news, considering about 50% of our listeners are down under in Australia with Adam, that the UFC will be returning to Australia later on this year and that he would like to fight Korean zombie on that card in Australia. Presumably, it's going to be in Sydney Presumably, it's going to be a fight night. That would be a great headlining fight in Australia. Max Holloway versus the Korean Zombie. Five rounds. Retirement possibilities for Zombie. That would be huge, man. And close enough that maybe you get some fans over from Hawaii. Maybe you get some fans down from Korea as well. That would be it. Would be a really, really cool event. Yeah, it's a perfect main event, or even if it was co-main, just purely to have an Aussie at the main even though that would probably yeah. be the biggest fight name-wise. Um, it's, that's perfect for Aussie fans because that you know you're going to get some good Aussies on the card, even if Max doesn't come. So it's just a bonus fucking banger of a fight Yeah, um, yeah. on a card that you would assume probably would have Whitaker on it. And then you th- throw in your, I don't know, probably. Jack, Jack Della would be on there Jack probably. Jack Della, Tuavasa, you'd, you'd hope. Yeah. he'd be in and then you're like oh that's, a, that's nearly a main card that you're paying 100% you, we're, we're going to go anyway but yeah you're going to get blessed with blessed nice hey look at that I see what you did there very very nice very very nice <laughs> professional level podcasting right there okay so we think we've got something lined up for Max we think we know what's in his future what about Arnold Allen where does he go from here I assume Retire, he takes a little bit of time off that's it <laughs> That's it, done. Watched. Finished. <laughs> Leon Edwards might be the last UK fighter ever, I think. <laughs> just retire. Just finish fight. Just stop fighting in the UK. Um, no, like you said, he he didn't. If anything, his stock went up, honestly. Yeah. 
yeah, it's one of those win-win situations. His performance was great. He wasn't very happy. You can tell he was frustrated and he won't take any solace. That's the kind of character he is. He's used to winning. He won't take any solace in the fact that people are going, oh, you know, you acquitted yourself really well. He was there to win and try and knock out uh, Max Holloway. Unfortunately, he couldn't get it done. But there's plenty of good fights for him to be, to, you know, at the still at the top of the weight, the top of the, the featherweight division. So, you know, the, the likes of, um, I mean, he, there's the opportunity to run it back with Calvin Cater, perhaps, um, given of how that fight ended with the knee injury. Giga, Ch- Giga Chikadze, I don't think, has got a fight announced. That could be really interesting. Um, and then, yeah, you're looking at Josh Emmett. And Brian, Ort- I think Brian Ortega, has he got a fight scheduled already? I can't remember. I'm not sure. But uh, I also Brian- think... Um, like. I know, th- I know this won't happen because it wouldn't make sense. But if if there was met- if there was going to be an instant rematch for some unknown reason between these two guys, between Allen and Holloway, in four months' time, I wouldn't be surprised if Allen won that fight. Like that's how good he did. I think. Like it was. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think he would he would learn a lot from that. He might try and implement a bit more a bit more grappling and get in the close range, stay inside that range because obviously Holloway's got incredible reach and and putting those combinations together. It wouldn't surprise like you know. I think. Holloway would still be the betting favorite, but I wouldn't be shocked if Alan went away and and six months later came back and went and, and actually was able to beat Holloway. As you said, it's that's that's not going to happen. It was a clear and clear and and, and sort of decide, decisive win. But mm. Arnold Allen's got plenty of options, and for someone who's had so, a lot of inactivity in his career due to injuries, due to uh, COVID, all of these kind of things, I mean, let's let's pull up his 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 uh, his record. Pull that up, Jamie. That he's, you know, he fought once in 2020, once in 2021, and just twice in 2022. I'm sure he'll be looking for at least two, maybe three fights. I'm sure he would like to get on the UFC card in London in July, and also has the potential. Actually, no, Tom Aspinall would headline it, but but, but co-main event Arnold Allen because Leon Edwards is probably going to make his next title defense in Abu Dhabi in October against Colby Covington. So you have the potential to put Arnold Allen against the Gigi Chikadze or something like that as a co-main event in London. I think that would be excellent. I think Arlen Allen would look look great and beats pretty much anyone in the division not named Holloway and Volkanovski at this point in time. I, th- I think he's I think he's superb. But very, very entertaining main event and it was great to see, you know, people talked about, oh, is Max washed? Da, 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 da. Just shows you there are, you know, there's levels to this game. We, we saw... Uh, the week prior, uh, with uh, with Adrian Yanez against Rob Font, the young guns looking to break into that. You know, I, Alan's probably a little bit ahead of where where Yanez is in terms of uh, accolades and achievements, but nonetheless, these these guys at the top are there for a reason. A uh, lot of experience, a lot of talent, and Max just pretty. He looks as good as ever, man. He's an incredibly incredibly impressive athlete, for sure. Going to be a Hall of Famer when it's all said and done, and one of the greatest featherweights to ever do it. Uh, just just a pleasure to watch him fight. Co-main event, man. Woo-hoo-hoo! Speaking of old dogs and in the bantamweight division and, and, and young up-and-coming fighters looking to make a name for themselves, Edson Barbosa against uh, Billy, Billy, uh, Billy Quarantillo. Wow. Did you see that one coming? Yeah. It was one of those fucking ones where you get, you get hindsight. You know, like I, I didn't bet on any fights today, actually. Because I was sick, I'm sick of losing. But um, it was like, like I, I wouldn't have bet on Barbosa. I probably wouldn't have bet on that fight because it was kind of even. But you know, in in my head, it's like, like when you when you watch that fight, you go, Billy Q is just one of those guys that's going to throw himself into the fire. And Barbosa is highly skilled, you know, and yes. so much octagon time. Where in hindsight, you just go, yeah, that was probably always going to happen. He was probably going to get a KO at some point, just because yeah. Billy Q is so reckless. Uh, yeah. He's always going to make you pay. Fan favorite at this point in his career, he's going to make you pay even more because he knows that he's not getting any younger and he needs to get you out of there as quick as he can without getting too much damage. So yeah, that was a beautiful knee though. Whew. Yeah, oh, oh, spectacular, spectacular. And I, I, sorry, I said bantamweight before. I've, of course, I, I did mean I meant featherweight. But Barbosa, as for right, someone who's yeah, <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Neither was anyone else. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, obviously, Dana's our n- number one listener. But yeah, for Edson Barbosa, who was a bit of a bit of a slide, lost to Giga Chikadze. Bryce Mitchell put in a brilliant performance against him. And you know, if if he if he lost to the up and comer <laughs> Billy Q, sorry. then <laughs> it was it was probably it was probably gonna be uh, curtains for him in terms of his UFC career maybe considering retirement, but he showed at the ripe old age of 37 years old that he's still got that plenty left in the tank. Forgot how nice it was to look at that man's physique. Oh, shit. <laughs> up there on that rig to scale. Yeah, up there, up there. He uh, he defends his top 15 ranking against Billy Q. And I don't know, what's what's next for Barbosa? He will, he will want a ranked opponent, I'm sure. I don't know what to do. I mean... I'd be picking someone he, reckless and fucking mental <laughs> like Billy <laughs> Q again. <laughs> Try and piece him up. You don't want to go someone yeah, else skilled because if you – just because of his age now, if he fights someone with his similar style, you would bet the younger fighter. But you- Yeah, that's it. Maybe, maybe a rematch with Dan Ige. I mean, Dan, he fought Dan Ige back in 2020 when he, when he uh, moved down to the, uh, 145 pounds. It was a split decision. I remember that. I, I vaguely remember that fight being being quite close. Um, and yeah, that, that could be a fun, they're both, they're both sat there. I don't think Danny has got a, a fight booked yet. That could be something interesting. Just, you know, ranked guys fighting ranked guys, put, yeah. put, put a fun one on for the, put a fun one on for the fans. But yeah, Edson Barboza, brilliant stuff. And Billy Q would be back. He's already, he's already, he was on Twitter immediately making jokes about it and be like, oh, that's what it feels like. <laughs> he got knocked out cold and he was hugging Barboza 30 seconds later about having a conversation <laughs> with him. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Man, these these fight it just shows you the mentality that these fighters fighters have. Man, they just they're different. Man, they got dog in them that we can only we can only imagine, we can only dream of aspiring. I sometimes to. Sometimes wonder so, that watching this, like being such a fan of this sport, is bad for my mental health because it makes me just feel like such a bitch every time. The more I get into it, I'm just yeah. like, oh, I'm such a pussy in every a- a- aspect of life compared to these guys. <laughs> I would take three months off. Uh, an office job if I got a KO like that, <laughs> let alone just fighting again. <laughs> so oh. Yeah, and, and hugging the guy who did it to you <laughs> immediately afterwards, being like, that's okay, man. Yeah, I'm happy thank for you. you. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you for knocking me out in front of millions of people on television. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Best of luck with your future endeavours. <laughs> oh, fuck. <sighs> Right, plenty of other fights to talk about, though. As you said, brilliant, brilliant fight card. I want to let, let's let's keep running through. Uh, we had uh, Merzakhanov defeated Dustin Jacoby. Uh, looked really good in the first two rounds, and then was exhausted. And maybe it did seem that Jacoby was going to come back and maybe get a, a stoppage win. And then for some reason, he put his negative thirty fight IQ on display. And despite being a, a former professional kickboxer needing a KO win in the final round, decided to try and wrestle and take down the, uh, the 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 Russian monster. So no idea why he did that. He should have just continued to punch him. I Very heard questionable instead of decision. watching tapes, he just watches our YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> That's gets his IQ from. So. He, gets, he gets his takes and fight information from the greatest source around the Punch Drunk podcast. Um Jan Kutalaba, he uh, he got a win over Tanner Bosa. Bosa was making his debut at 205 pounds. And i got to admit, I didn't see this one coming. Jan's on a big skid, man. Three losses in a row, three by um, three by, by, by stoppage. Bosa's a beast. Uh, yeah, I didn't see this one coming. First round stoppage. He um, he needed that win badly and, and was able to get it. So, you know, congrats, congratulations to him. He's probably uh, probably extended his UFC career with, with that victory. Um, so that was, uh, that was real nice. Yeah, real nice for him. What else happened on this card? Um, bit of drama. There was, there was a bit of drama. So let's 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 talk about the drama. And it really all started with the very first fight of the night. Jocelyn Edwards de- defeated Lucy Pudlova. What the shit, man! Every, I've never seen the UFC commentators I react know. to a bad judge's decision. It was insane, dude. I thought DC was gonna go and just com- suplex the judge and just just obliterate him. 
Especially because it's what? like a fight night, like, you know, such an ESPN product, these fight nights are. Yes, that, that yes. I'm like, that was so, I'm like, holy fuck, these guys are just going way off script. <laughs> like, you're not meant to say this shit. And I bet you they're told, like, no matter what you think of the decision, do not say the things that they all basically said. If you don't, if you can't be bothered going and watching the whole fight, that's fine. It wasn't the best fight I've ever seen, but there was definitely a winner. And then yeah. just watch the de- like just watch the decision get announced, and then yeah. listen to like the next five minutes of commentary because <laughs> it's fucking gold. They were they were unhinged, man. It was incredible. It was a great moment in in sort of UFC programming. They were just and then and for the, the first they were fucking t- fight. <laughs> it just set them off. It just it just absolutely set them up for the rest of the night. It was brilliant. Uh, yeah, Jocelyn Edwards. I mean. Second fight in a row she's missed weight for. Second questionable split decision win. I mean, she may have a win on her record, but the UFC is not going to treat it as as such. And I'm sure for Lucy Puddleover, the UFC will take care of him and make sure she gets that that win bonus because they they are known to do that from time to time, especially when the judging is so bad. And Dana in the post-fight presser said that he, um, he didn't see the first fight of the night but I think he said either Mick Maynard and Mick Maynard texted him immediately after being like, "Uh oh, we got it. We, we're in for some shitty judging tonight." Like they knew right away, so I'm sure they'll make it right with a uh, with with a uh, She she was ev- everyone saw that as a win, and I'm sure the next opponent that they give her will reflect that. Jocelyn Edwards, in the meantime, like I know she's young. I think she's like 27 years old, but she's got Bellator written all <laughs> over her. Can't make weight. Shitty, shitty performances and can't get up off the ground once she gets taken down. Like that's that's the that's the the tr- the holy tr- trifecta for Bellator si- signing scrap heap UFC talent. Seriously, I mean, you know, put over is it left had a bad run in the UFC, went to Octagon, put together five and one winning streak or six and one, very impressive. Completely evolved as a fighter, and now she's back at the best organization, the Champions League of fighting, and. You know, maybe Edwards needs the same thing. Maybe she needs to leave the bright lights of the UFC, go and fight for another organization, get a few wins under her belt. What are you talking about? (laughs) Oh yeah, sorry, my mistake. She won and she and she made weight as well. She's just the utmost professional. And then to top it all off, you would think, Adam, you would think after you know, after you got wrestle fucked for two rounds, knowing that you lost the fight, knowing that you missed weight for the second fight in a row, and are clearly completely unprofessional in your preparation, you think you would have some class, some dignity, some humility about the situation, and she's walking around like she's A, the big boss, people are booing, and she starts giving the finger to put a over in her team, and hang on a minute, are you messing? She, what an absolute, what an absolute bum. What a joke of a situation. The giving the crowd the finger. It's just like, I actually won, so fuck you all. <laughs> These these two blind people who've suffered blunt force trauma to the head said that I won that fight. So would have been sick if it was yeah. in the apex and she just gave the finger to like Steve or whoever the in the crowd, like thirteen people. Yeah, the Snoop Dogg there. He's like, bro, what the, the fuck? Are they? <laughs> yeah, um, man, just just horrible, horrible judging. But they've they've got to stop doing this. What are they watching? It's crazy. There has well, to be doing what repercussions. Did. They just even watching the first fight. <laughs> First yeah, man. They have to. There has has to be repercussions. They should have to. When every single media member who submits a scorecard picks it one way, and the commentators are going crazy when there are questionable decisions like that, where it makes it extremely hard to justify, they need to be pulled before the athletic commission on Monday morning and give an explanation for their scoring alongside the fight. Put together a PowerPoint presentation and and explain how they came to that decision. And they shouldn't be allowed to judge fights again until they've given a sufficient answer. Or if you know they admit that they were wrong and that they they you know uh, pledge. I don't know. They go on a, another judging course or or have to they have you know to split the the winnings that they got from fixing the fight with the UFC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They have to wet the beak of everyone else. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is, man, but shit like that's ridiculous because Pudlova potentially loses 50% of her paycheck and for someone fighting, uh, you know, I'm probably not a great contract, let's be honest, opening the prelim cards, that's the difference. That, that can be the difference between full-time being a full-time professional fighter and and, and not between, between our next fight. So anyway, what can you do? 
Moving up the card, uh, Gaston Bolaños against Darren Phillips was a fun fight. You know, not really much to talk about there. But what I do want to talk about is Denise Gomes. Oh my goodness, she is violent, man. She just wants to hurt people. That was an imp- very, very impressive performance. Yeah, I against think- Bruna Brazil, who didn't look like she belonged there mm-hmm. at all. I was about to say that. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> Oh, but it's nice to see, you know, I think I think we've probably been the first to criticise how weak the women's divisions are at times and uh, it's nice to see some people coming in ready to KO some motherfuckers and uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember the names, but I feel like the last 10 episodes or so, there's been a few women's fights here or there where we're like, yeah, that was, that was badass. So hopefully yeah. there's a generation of fighters coming up because obviously the, the champs that we've had in recent times are on – most likely on the way out or already on the way out. Yeah, absolutely. And she, she, she lost last in her last fight to, to Loma Lukbumi, which is no shame to a Muay Thai, Muay Thai champion, but yeah, both, both contender series are long, but, but she looked an absolute cut above Bruna Brazil who, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, who, who, who they pull up for her next, but it, it, it can't be someone as violent and aggressive as De, uh, Denise Gomes. She looked absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Very, very impressed with uh, with with her performance. Daniel Zellhuber looked really good against Lando Venata. Really great first rounds. Uh, Venata started to have some success in the second, but, but Zellhuber closed it out. Very, very impressive performance. Again, not really much to to say there, other than Lando's a tough vet. He's always in exciting fights, but you know we, we won't be seeing him around probably for for too much longer into the future. He's he's a uh, well, he's 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 uh, a 30, 31 years old, but he. he he bloody looks a lot older than that. That was his uh, twenty. <laughs> yeah, it was his twenty-first MMA fight. So it'll be interesting to see where Venata goes from here. But highly speaking of in impressive female fighters, man, Gillian Robertson against Pierre Rodriguez, just a dominant performance. Gillian Robertson is one of the best grapplers in all of women's mixed martial arts. She recently tapped Rose Namunas in a grappling contest. She's she's just a beast on the ground. She's a fun character. She's super active. She was making her straw weight debut at 115 pounds. There, she should go into the uh, into the rankings. Or, or excuse me, fight someone ranked immediately because she's 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 gonna she's gonna spruce spruce up that division without question. Just looking at some of the names here that she could potentially fight. You know, someone like a, a Tabitha Ritchie or an Angela Hill, someone like that. Let's get let's get um, let's get Gillian Robertson ranked because. She's fun. She's a great character inside and out of the octagon, and her submission skills are a danger for for anyone in that division. Yep, no, nothing more to add from me, <laughs> mate. What about the next one? Ever seen a double retirement before? That was unbelievable. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it was strange. It was good though. There was a couple of good moments on the mic. I thought, yeah, this, uh, this yeah, 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 there was. But yeah, that was definitely a first, and then. Uh, I'm sure you're going to mention it, but Dana was happy to give him some money to it after it. Yeah, yeah. So let's quickly uh, talk about the bonuses because officially, fight of the night uh, was Bill Algio versus TJ Brown. We'll talk about that one in in a moment. Uh, Edson Barbosa, Brandon Royval, and Gillian Robertson all got 50k. Uh, and then Dana, yeah, Dana was feeling extra generous. It probably had something to do with the fact that the gate did $2.1 million in Kansas City, which is just unbelievable. What are they just ridiculous. Like, mate, it must they, be they're, still they're, pricey they're, for a fight night. Extremely, extremely pricey for a fight night. So just fe- feeling very generous and, and, you know, a nice little way to, to, to send uh, Cummings and uh, Ed Herman, both veterans of the sport. Ed Herman's been around. Forever, as they said, Ultimate Fighter alumni. What was it? Season three of the Ultimate Fighter, I believe he was on. Um, yeah, the third season of the Ultimate Fighter. Just, just, just an absolute beast. Forty-three professional fights, and yeah, okay, he 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 lost in his last fight. He, he, let's be honest, he didn't look great, and it was a perfect, perfect way to say, you know what, we need you, you need to hang it up. But it was. It was a, it was an emotional moment, man. It was uh, people were ch- chopping onions. DC was saying he was getting emotional, and seeing those two guys to go out like that to show each other such 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 respect. Um, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed that moment. I thought, you know, how could that? That's the 
that's everything we love about fight sports, right? There's some, some, some things wrong with this game. There's some things that need to be done better. But but when you get moments like that, you go, yeah, that's that's why we're fans of this sport. To see that moment between two guys who've just been beating the piss out of each other, to to share that embrace, to share that moment, to go out on their own terms together was um, was pretty special. Yeah, no, it's nice to know that neither of them are going to get hit in the head for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, that, that's that's certainly true. And, and speaking of people who don't need to get hit in the head for a little while, my goodness, <laughs> um, <laughs> Matthias Nicolau after he caught that that knee from Brandon Royval, that that was a very very impressive performance by Royval against a dangerous guy. A very dangerous opponent in Nick Lau, and he immediately sort of cements his case as, as the person who should be fighting for the belt next after Brandon Moreno and Alexandra Pantoja uh, sort so, you know sort their stuff stuff out. Or Pantoja is it Pantoja? 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 You're asking the person. I always mix that up. Anyway, they're fighting. He's going to be weighing in as the as the backup fighter just in case. But let's pull up the rankings here, and we will see. Yeah, Roy Val is ranked fourth. You've got Davison Figueredo there, who unbelievably, inexplicably, has announced that his next three fights will still be at flyweight. I don't know what he's hoping to accomplish after getting decisively beaten by Moreno in their last title fight in the the fourth installment of their of their rivalry. Everyone thought he would be going up to bantamweight. Um, we thought Rob Font would fight Figueredo, something like that. But he said he's staying down there, which I think is a very very poor decision. But it also means that he's basically out of the title picture for a while. We need fresh blood. And Brandon Royval did absolutely everything possible to put himself right in the equation for the next opportunity at the belt, the belt whether that's Brandon Moreno or, you know, whether it's uh, Pantoja. So happy happy days ahead for, for Brandon Royval and a nice 50K check. Ka-ching. Hell of a performance. Yeah, so good. Uh, another beautiful shot. But... That didn't get fired of the night, hey, as like performance bonus. He got a performance bonus, but the fight next, Bill yes, Alger versus TJ that. Brown. Let's talk about that, man. Unbelievable. Yeah, I think um, you, you've actually got just a little behind the scenes you've got written here, Bill. Uh, Alger is slick. And I actually thought they both looked fucking slick, to be That's, honest. Yeah, yeah, uh, they did. I thought Alger was going to lose probably like three times <laughs> during the fight. He, he looked... Like he was getting copping harder, more precise, I should say, like better, like cleaner shots, but took him like a champ and dished it out just as well. And then, yeah, uh, it was an unreal fight. Uh, I don't think, I think both the stocks went up for both of those fighters. And if I'm honest, I knew basically nothing about either of them until tonight. And now it's like, yeah, throw these guys in the black book. Yeah, 100%, man. They both stock elevated. And you're right. Both of them look slick. I probably didn't finish off the, the little show she said. Well, slick on the ground. And that's that's where Aljo's realm is. He's a, he's a, he's a wizard on sure, the ground. Sure, you meant and, that. Yeah. And the way he sunk in that rear naked choke, took the back, put the hooks in, bam, 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 before TJ Brown knew what the heck was going on, he was already tapping to a rear naked choke because... 100%. His boxing in his hands were nice. He was he was definitely built beating up Aljo on the feet. Maybe the you know the leg kicks coming back from Aljo were looking good and he would he would land but it was probably like he would land one good clean shot to TJ Brown's two three shots. And Brown was definitely getting the benefit of of the striking exchanges. There was one beautiful straight was it a straight left or a straight right anyway where he he, he uh, Aljo wobbled backwards and the, the cage had to sort of hold him up. Yeah, straight And right, then he, he closed, yeah, and then he closed in for the kill. And as he threw that big leaping left hook, Aljo just stepped forward with a s- sneaky, sneaky under the radar elbow that, that <laughs> TJ Brown just ran onto. It dropped him. He didn't know what had happened. Just a, a great performance by Aljo. Very good performance by TJ Brown. Both of these guys, you know now, both of them, these men, they're fighting. You better be tuning in to watch it because they're 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 excellent. Both yeah, of them are excellent. they could um, they could both get some pretty good slots in cards, whether it's on a pay per view or just higher up uh, on a fight night, yeah. just because of entertainment value. I reckon. So, yeah, good for both of them. Get that bread. Get that bread. Yeah. So I think Bill Aljo's last fight was a win against uh, Gilbert Burns's 
definitely less talented brother. I think that was the that was against Herbert Burns, but now my internet's failing me and his and his uh, topology page is not pulling up. So we will move on. Anything else from that fight night that you wanted to that you wanted to mention? Any other fights, or shall no, we I don't quickly think so. move think so. on? All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, we've got another fight night this coming weekend. Unfortunately, it's in the bloody apex, and oh, it's heavyweights oh. as well. And we all know the, uh, the the apex is a smaller octagon than than what we get in main arenas. And these two big boys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's great. That's the official anthem of the UFC apex. The sad, <laughs> the sad trombone, and. Yeah, the uh, the the apex absolutely sucks, especially coming off a, a great great crowd like we had in Kansas City this weekend. Mm, but it's main event headline that too. So mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. yeah, spoil, yeah, spoil. But it means we get to hear the power of Sergey Pavlovich, uh, you know, with no crowd noise, and he's a terrifying human. And this is this is the true battle of the styles, style make fights. Pavlovich is going to try and knock out Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades is going to try and take down Sergei Pavlovich and, and, and punch him in the face and elbow him until the referee stops the fight. I I don't have a lean how this is going to go. I'm 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 picking Pavlovich only because it's fun for the division and if he knocks out if he knocks out Curtis Blades and does it, you know, in impressive fashion, all of a sudden he he um he cements his his position at number 3 there. But also cements himself as the next con- the next contender to the heavyweight title because Cyril Garn should not belong at one after that performance. Stipe is fighting think John Jones destroys him. Who Cyril Garn? Uh, maybe, but th- this weekend Blades. I think. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I I think he's gonna win. You're, you're confident. You're coming in hot with that pick. Yeah, I like it. That's. I like it. Okay. If you if you're gonna have a uh, dabble dabble on him, KO. Beautiful. Best all righty. I like it. Greedy. Ooh, all right. All right. Definitely uh, definitely not going to go the distance this fight. That's that's one one thing you can be certain of. And then overall, <laughs> unless, overall I wouldn't say this. Unless we curse it. <laughs> it is likely. There it is, the punch drunk curse. It is official. Two strikes I've, thrown for the whole fucking fight. Both won't get out. going to be like De- Derek take, Lewis, take Francis and Garnu all over again. <laughs> Oh, oh man! No, Co-main events is, scary, is the scariest guy in the UFC now that Engano's gone. I would agree. I mean, him and Pereira can have like a a, 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 a stare down for scariest scariest human, <laughs> and definitely Pereira after getting knocked out recently is probably gonna lose that one. Pavlovich is horrifying, bro. He hits like an absolute truck and just doesn't care. He no. he he seems like the guy, kind of guy that would just knock you out and then just just step over your body and keep walking and has no no concerns for your health or well-being. Yeah, he made Taito Vasa look like a child. And Taito Vasa is like literally one of the toughest guys we've seen and not yeah. and the most game, you know, like just like I don't care how much damage I'm going to take. I'll just keep swinging, swinging, swinging and it's made him look like he's not even capable of he, doing that. He ran through him and he fo- he folded was, Ty so quickly. What? That was brutal. That was brutal. It still lives rent free in, in my head. That that fight and that finish. It was yeah, so sad to sweats. see Ty just get 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 crumpled like that. It was no good. Um, right, other fights on this card that are worth sort of flagging. Co-main event is, is you know it's it's okay. Song Yadong versus Ricky Simone. Interesting fight at the sort of tail end of the bantamweight division. Uh, but what a we know what a division the bantamweight division is. So yeah, Ricky Simone is ranked tenth. Song Yidong ranked eighth, so actually higher than I I gave him credit for. Maybe the winner of this fight's Rob Font, something like that. Who knows? But both of these men trying to break into the, the upper echelons of the Bantamweight division. That should be a good fight. Brad Tavares versus Bruno Silva will be will be a good fight. I think I floated Brad Tavares as a po- possible opponent for um uh, Joe Pfeiffer next. They're, you know, one one week apart, Brad Tavares gets a good win. That could be an interesting fight. Bobby Green against Jared Gordon. Bobby Green's retirement fight. He's already announced that this will be his last one. Can he go out with a win against Jared Gordon, who's probably going to try and try and grapple him here? And then really the, the last get, fight. I don't get this uh, retirement fight thing, eh? Like, why don't you just have a retirement party? Or why don't you go to the big why don't you go to International Fight Week, biggest card of the year, sit octagon side and announce your retirement octagon side, lit, drinking fucking 
Dana's yeah. whiskey, having a party, well, they look- have a night at Vegas, <laughs> and you'll probably make triple the amount of money at some Vegas nightclub that you would have made fighting, and you don't take any more punches to the head. Like, is what's you don't need a fight. Go, they'll let you in the octagon between fights. Give the crowd a wave, probably <laughs> do a couple of shadow boxing. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't, do you remember before when you said? Retire yeah. now. Don't keep Ret- fighting. Yeah, I know, I know. But remember what you said before about how whenever you we why we do this pod and the more time we do it, they realize what a giant, massive pussy you are in every aspect <laughs> of your life. That mentality has just come through once again. All right. Well, the you whole retire world. then. I'll organize you a fucking fight in an octagon, a cage fight for your retirement. It's not my job. It's not my job. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I'm people not, retire from I'm their not job, mentally unhinged. when you have a retirement party, you're going to go, okay, this is my retirement party. We're going to do a day's work. Let's do a day's work together for my retirement party. No, we're going to go and get lit. We're not going to go and do a fucking no, fight. But you plan, and then fight. you plan and you go, you plan and you go, okay, I'm going to retire at the end of this year. This is the equivalent. It's his last fight. And then he's done afterwards. We all know fighters' retirement don't stick anyway. He'll probably be back in two years, or Bobby Green will probably do bare knuckle boxing or something like that. Like it's, he'll we'll fake, see him again. He'll fake a KO for Jake Paul for a couple hundred grand soon. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. Do we talk about that now? No. Nope. You want to do five five minutes on Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz? <laughs> no. Let's do a whole pod <laughs> next week. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's do that. We'll do a whole pod next week. But the last fight I want to highlight here at heavyweight. Uh, this fight was supposed to happen a few weeks ago. Junior Tafa had to pull out due to injury. He's fighting the brother of Kumar Usman, Muhammad Usman, from Ultimate Fighter, I think the most recent season. Junior Tafa, of course, is the younger brother of Justin Tafa. And we heard some stories about him with BB on the, the, the last time he featured on, on one of our episodes. Junior Tafa is, is serious, man. He punches like a truck. He's a great athlete. He's got professional kickboxing, professional boxing fights. He is, he is game, and he's going to come in there and try to knock out a very, very big boy in Mohamed Usman. And quite frankly, I can see him doing it because Mohamed Usman's a bit um, a bit lumbering. He's, he, he's not got the same slickness, the same movement patterns that that he has. He's, 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 he's a lot smaller than, uh, than Justin Taffer, who famously failed to make the uh, heavyweight limit a few fights ago. So <laughs> this junior yeah, I think, I think- guy, man, is, uh, well, Justin Taffer is an athletic freak, to be honest. He's just, you know, Oh, for sure. He's just massive. This junior Taffer is as well. And it's like, um, it's like Volk with the, if he keep, if he gets wins, the rugby league background will just become the narrative. Just it'll keep oh, going, yeah. building and building, but yeah, that's, that's the background he comes from. And, yeah, I've said it before on this pod. That sport is fucking, if it's if not equal, more brutal than MMA. So, I think he'll be out of hand. Yeah, those it. guys, those those guys that uh, rugby league players are monsters, and it's a great base. It is a great base yeah. for mixed martial arts. So it's going to be awesome. To What's see a better base? Junior- Dagestani wrestling or <laughs> rugby league? Rugby league, mate. Rugby league all day. <laughs> Rugba. Bit of rugger. Bit of league. <laughs> Thugby, they call it in Victoria. Um, yeah, well, they do a lot of stupid stuff in Victoria. <laughs> like what? Uh, moving on. <laughs> um, <laughs> repeatedly voting for Dan Andrews, watching AFL. I don't know where 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 do you, we can go anywhere with this? I see it. I see it. Um, <laughs> Collingwood, Collingwood got up today. Actually, that's why I'm in a good mood. That's why he's in a good mood. Mm. Brilliant. Could you tell? Brilliant. I, uh, uh, <laughs> this is this is the happiest I've ever been. <laughs> Can you tell? Oh, is Ooh. there anything else you want to talk about? Any other news, man? Uh, the the only last thing is that uh, unfortunately the co-main event for UFC 288 Charles Oliveira versus uh, Benil Dariush is postponed because Charles Oliveira has mm. injury. So that sucks. The UFC said they're working, or Dana White obviously said they're working on a replacement. Gilbert Burns has been blowing him up nonstop. So they're going to try and do something with that. Rematch with What that way. fight would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he saw that paycheck. He's like, I want it again. I want it again. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know who who he would consider fighting um, at that weight. I mean, Hamza. come on. Come on. Kamaru Rosman. Do you reckon Kamaru would take that fight in the co main event of a pay per view? I don't know. It's soon. Comes though, out isn't com- it? it is. It's extremely soon. So I don't know. May- or may- maybe. Um, maybe even. Um, you know. It's a. 
Gilbert takes the fight at middleweight and uh, just someone just just to take a fight doesn't have to cut weight doesn't get a full I I don't know we would be be curious to see if that's the direction they end up going uh yeah so shame for Charles Oliveira Benil Darius is the unluckiest person in the world I hope he gets this opportunity sooner rather than later but that <laughs> that sucks <laughs> It Fuck, sucks for Benil. How unlucky that guy is! Holy shit! He is the unluck- unluckiest man on the planet. It really sucks for him. But that's pretty much it, man. Good card, good card. Um, we've got, like I said, we've got the Apex coming up, uh, which which is a shame, but plenty of good pay per views on the horizon. Plenty of great fights to dive into. Oh, and the last thing, but since we can't have to go, uh, can't go through a full podcast without mentioning either Volkanovski or Israel Adesanya. <laughs> Dana White said that Israel Adesanya has been blowing up his phone and said he wants to fight as soon as summertime as well. So potentially, potentially we might be seeing Izzy back sooner rather than later against, maybe it is against Jan Blachowicz. That is the fight to make in my opinion, but let's see how long he needs to cut the weight. Otherwise we might see him against. That's the fight for for entertainment value. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the fight. For sure, for sure. That's that's the yeah, the entertaining fight. But I think um they've already sort of poo-pooed the idea and talked about having to earn fights and not getting shortcuts, etc., which which is smart from from an Izzy perspective. Let's 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 see him get another a re a redefense of his of his newly reacquired 185 pounds. He has title. been active on social media. He has been <laughs> chronically he has been chronically online. It's been incredible. How, yeah. And he he winds so many people up as well. It's been brilliant to see. Chronically online, uh, just just tweeting and put, leaving people frozen like Elsa and all the cringy shit that he says and does, but it's extremely entertaining. And he gets away with it because he's a seemingly very nice guy to everyone who meets him and also uh, just just a, an incredible fight. Proof is just in the pudding. The proof of the pudding is in the pudding. It, absolutely. All right, man. I think that's pretty much it for this week. Tell the people what they need to know. Uh, you can find us at, I'm going to go reverse way. You can find us on Apple and Spotify. If you listen to us on audio, give us five stars. If you haven't already, subscribe. You can also find us on YouTube. Like us on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube. Look at us on YouTube. Masturbate if you like, whatever. <laughs> uh, Punch Drunk Pod on Instagram, Punch Drunk Pod underscore on Twitter. Lewis Glover MMA on Twitter as well if you want. Lewis's. Uh, opinions on you know what basically everything that's ever happened anywhere nothing it doesn't even have to be with MMA just if you just I go on there maybe once a week just to see what's going on inside that man's head and the answer is a whole lot but none of it really is valuable to anyone definitely <laughs> worth definitely worth following uh, nah he's the most active man on MMA Twitter and uh, you may as well follow him now because he's going to have a huge following very soon uh and then it won't be cool to follow him when, once he has a million followers. Like, exactly. Oh, that exactly. Guy. Come on. So get it, get in early. Uh, Punch Drunk Pod on TikTok. I don't know if I said that already. Punchdrunkpod at gmail.com if you've got any ideas for us, any messages for us, any parlays for us. And I think that's it. Lewis, good that's to it. see you. Good to hear from you. You too, brother. And uh, yeah, hopefully we get a banger of a uh, fight night, even though it's in the apex. We can we we live in hope. We live in hope, my friend. Pavlovich, get on. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>